Welcome back to the Hey Roadie podcast, where we take a deep dive into the people of the Ocean State. We are your hosts, Nick and Sasha, and this is our 50th episode. Woo! This is so exciting. 50 episodes. It 50. went by really fast. It is pretty crazy. It's really crazy. And honestly, thank you everyone for listening to our episodes and loving our small businesses and being our little support system. We love you so much and I hope you keep listening and I hope you keep loving the guests we have on like today's guests. Yeah, today's guests. <laughs> that was a great transition. <laughs> she was so pumped about it. Uh yeah, today's guests uh we had on Brands of Portugal. Yes, Chris and Nelly from Brands of Portugal. Their business is a business that imports and distributes exclusively Portuguese wine mm-hmm. and spirits which was really cool. Um, I've said this before, but I am Portuguese and I don't know a lot about Portuguese culture. So it was fun getting to like hear them talk a little bit more about it and 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 talk about like the wine and the tastes and the different varietals of wine in Portugal. Um, so I loved getting, I feel like I learned a lot. I feel like um, they're super passionate about um, kind of educating people on different wines from this specific area, which I think is really cool. Yeah, it was pretty awesome, actually. I um, it, it's funny. I first, I think my first thought was like, you know, uh, that seems really uh, limiting. Yeah. Like, oh, you're just doing Portugal, but yeah. then when you really think about it, actually, one of the like kind of leading factors of when something succeeds is when you just pick a niche. You pick a niche, and totally. when you're, you're passionate about that niche yep. and you know a lot about it, uh, yep. and then you can you know really push it forward and they're definitely passionate about mm-hmm. it and yeah we did we learned a lot i mean we've had people on from uh distilleries and breweries yeah. and we had um uh anchor and hope on recently yep. who also do wine and this is kind of similar but a very different thing at the same yeah, time. yeah it was different because they don't actually make the wine but they taste the wine they know the notes of the wine they've also what's great about their sort of like vision of their company is they use like small local, I mean, local to Portugal, like farms, they don't use those like big box brands. So even though they're not making the wine, they know the people making the wine, they know Mm -hmm. the history and the stories and the families. And I think that is so special. And it's bringing a little piece of a culture that a lot of people might not be familiar with um, to Rhode Island. And Rhode Island has a huge Portuguese population. So it's a way to connect with a culture that maybe you are maybe your friends are that you know you may have not and you may have not may not have gotten the opportunity to try portuguese wine in this way and they're so good they brought us some to try and we're so excited yeah i haven't gotten to try mine yet but i am gonna make a night out of it yeah we're There's making two nights bottles out of it. i can do that myself i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah i um i came home and i was like brian that's what i got today so we're super excited but uh, uh, uh they sell all over the state but aguardent is a as a restaurant in Providence that I've actually gone to a few times and I've not knowing that they are the wine distributor for that restaurant. I've had wine there and it was amazing. So go there and try their wines. Yeah, absolutely. I I think they were very pleasant and wonderful and really nice people and definitely passionate about what they do. Yeah, Uh, I thought the conversation was super entertaining. Mm -hmm. Like uh, it actually went uh, it's not long, but it went a little on the longer side, yeah. about a little over an hour. Um, and I kind of didn't want to stop them. So I <laughs> uh, hopefully that translates over to the listening experience I know, we as didn't well. Stop. And I think yeah, everybody's going to enjoy this one. Yeah, it was so fun. Um, Nelly and Chris, you guys are great. I hope you guys like the episode. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Have fun listening. So, okay, so we're here with Chris and Nelly. So tell me about, you were saying your working life has always been in Rhode Island. Yeah, so uh, so Nelly and I, well, I guess we'll start, should we start before we met or should yeah, we start? Yeah, start before, yeah. All right, so, uh, so I started my previous career, which then kind of led to this career yeah. um, when I was 14, actually. So I, I was oh, still am finishing this year because of COVID and whatnot, uh, wedding DJ. Yep. Um, and I did that. So you're not after this year, no more DJ, no more DJ. Wow. Yeah. Which is crazy. 21 years. That's so crazy. super long time. So full time with wine, full time. Well, yeah. So that's what we're doing now, which is that's why we have no dissolve. <laughs> yeah. but, but still, but honestly, I think we love it. And it's, yeah. it's, it's been a good transition because we're still like now and we'll get, we'll get into this a bit, I'm sure, but uh, we're doing like wine dinners and whatnot. Mm. So there's still events that are happening yeah. because of this. So that it has made the transition a bit easier yeah. as we're going along now. But yeah, so. No more wine after, uh, excuse me, no more weddings after this year. Will be How did you become a DJ? 
So I have backstory here. Uh, I have a, a medical disorder called von Willebrand's disease. Okay. So I've had that since birth. And because of that, I could never do sports, never do any type of sports when I was growing up. Okay. And so I felt organically uh, organically into to weddings or not weddings specifically, but DJing because it was just kind of a safe, easy thing to do. Um, and I started doing super young mm. and it made me money on weekends when right? my friends were like trying to, you know, get minimum wage and I was pulling in like three, four hundred dollars <laughs> on a weekend. So that's like, incredible. Yeah, I'm doing this. Yeah. Uh, so I did that. And, and that's how it kind of led to, you know, just kind of full time in yeah. 2009. I went full time in 2009. I went full time. That's pretty cool. Which is crazy. I mean, I'm talking probably five, six hundred weddings at this point. Whoa. Yeah, Any crazy stories? Oh, so oh, many. So many. <laughs> so many. <laughs> Which we still have weddings, so we can't disclose those oh, yeah, yet. Yeah, 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 We're yeah. We're going to write a book. <laughs> but there okay, will be we'll a write a book. Yeah, okay, we'll get the way. exclusive yeah, tips sure. on the book. Yeah. Um, and Nellie, what is your background before wine? Um, so I came from accounting. Oh. Uh, yeah, accounting background okay. for environmental engineering company out in um, Weymouth, Massachusetts. Okay. And I actually fell into photography, funny. Left there, went into another company that, that dealt with photography equipment. And mm -hmm. that's how um, I fell into photography. So I was a, I am a wedding photographer as well. Okay. Um, so we've been doing that jointly for oh, cool. a long time. Uh, the, the dynamic yeah. duo. Uh -huh. yeah. I love that. <laughs> well, I was reading on your website that you had, because I always do like a little initial research before you guys come in, just to, so I know a little bit about your background. And I saw that you both worked in weddings and I was curious in what avenue yeah. right mm -hmm. like i would not have guessed dj and i would not have guessed photographer yeah. i thought maybe event planning which i guess is kind of part that's all kind of part of it but those specific jobs are yeah. so specific yeah mm -hmm. and i think because of both of us being in the wedding industry and, and people a lot of people booking us as couples yeah it kind of had this planning aspect mm -hmm. to it because we were two of the primary vendors with a lot of weddings yeah so yeah i mean we're not planners and we give a lot of kudos to planners who do it's it full-time it's it, ridiculous job planning um, a wedding is yeah, a full-time exhausting job. yeah it's exhausting um, but but no but I, we have done a, probably a little bit more than what your typical photographer and dj have done mm -hmm. uh, for weddings because we again we do it so closely together and couples kind of count on us for a lot of advice so mm -hmm. now you're going to keep doing photography like going into the future so I have weddings next year, but a limited amount compared to what I typically do. I typically do in a 30 range a yep. year. Um, so I'm doing five right now. I think I'm cutting that off because it's just too much. It's a lot. Um, and it's your yeah. whole it's your whole day. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and so obviously we're we're brands of Portugal. We work beyond nine to five, right? So we work every single day. Yeah. And then um and, and now we're just doing weekends too, right? With a wedding. So yeah. before at least we had we worked together weekends and then we had the whole week off, not off because you still do you were doing wedding stuff, things, but, right? But, yeah. Um, yeah. So now we just, no it's too off. much. Yeah. Yeah, no it's days too much. off. Yeah, yeah. Work life balance is so, key. Oh, it's yeah. super, super. I do hard. boudoir photography as well. Oh, and cool. I, I'm thinking I want to keep that because I just love um, what that does to make women feel better about mm. themselves. So I think I might keep at that aspect, see if I could do it. But, you know, well, the, the intensity level of, Boudoir photography versus like an entire wedding, wedding day oh, yeah. shoot is it's, it's heads and tails difference, you know? Absolutely. I, I mean, it's still, there's still a lot of pressure, right? Because you have yep. these yeah. women that come to you for a million different reasons. They um, want to feel good. I'm they getting wanna... married. I'm getting mm -hmm. divorced. I lost a hundred pounds. I just want to feel comfortable in my body. Yeah. All these different things, right? Mm -hmm. So there's still a lot of pressure, but it's certainly different. Yeah. Um, and the chunk of time, like a oh, wedding, yeah. it's like, it's literally like 10 hours, some, yeah. some weddings. Yeah. So it's probably more. Mm-hmm. Just the event itself. Right. And then having to go through thousands of photos, editing all of them, sending, you know, I'm sure you, there's some people who like are like, oh, I have this one pimple. Can you make sure it's edited out of all these photos? Yeah. Like that, that would be me. Yeah. So we all know. <laughs> um, but it's so it's such a hard time job. I, Nick does photography for yeah. us, for our company, the magazines, but also like freelance. Yeah, too. I don't do wedding photography. <laughs> yeah. I'll, for do, that I'll do like engagement shoots and for, stuff. There's probably a reason for that. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. just uh, I probably would if like a friend or something yeah. needed mm. help. Uh, but I don't with, you know, engagement photos or family photos or boudoir photos. Like if you can take the shot, check it. If you didn't get it. You keep shooting. Yeah. You can do it if again, you yeah. miss the kiss on a wedding. 
you're screwed. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you gonna do? Excuse me. Can you it's do that a again, lot please? of responsibility. Yeah. It's, it's tons so of responsibility. And there's no call. Yeah. I mean, realistically, even with there's like, no calling out. There's no calling out, right? So even with with, no with a session engagement, whatever it may be, like you can reschedule those. There's no yeah. rescheduling a wedding. Not a wedding. Really, no. so, yeah. Yeah. This year, for the first time ever, I, I got COVID <gasps> and I oh. had a double wedding weekend. Oh. So what did you do? So I, I was like five, six days into yep. when. So I, you know, obviously call my bride and brides and grooms, and the first couple had rescheduled like three times oh. because of covid they booked, so, us, they booked us four years ago oh yeah. my and god i felt terrible like yeah. i can't believe i'm calling you because of covid like i feel sick but i'm not that sick that i can't shoot your wedding but yeah. obviously i needed to tell them yeah, yeah. and i said i'm i'm cool with shooting your wedding if you're okay with it yeah I'll obviously keep a mask on just yep. in case i yeah. don't think i'm contagious at this point but i will keep a mask well because it got weird for a minute where it was like 10 days and then it was like five days yeah. and then it was like it's three. only three days yeah. Yeah. if you're vaccinated yeah. it's three days it's, so it got it's yeah been it was so really crazy. strange so, yeah. so that one i shot no problem but the wedding the day after the mom wasn't comfortable with me shooting so yeah. i had to oh my god you know reach find out someone? to all my colleagues <gasps> and, and be like i can't believe I'm and you this. found someone yes oh see do you have somebody you work with as like a second shooter a lot that you can reach out to? I don't. I usually no. shoot by myself. And, and like I, I tell my brides and grooms all the time, like I'm not superwoman. I can't be at two yeah. places at the same time. But yeah. here are the hundreds and hundreds of weddings that I've done I by done. myself. Like yeah. it's a good... It's a good It's a good to have, not a mm. must have is what I say all mm. the time, usually. I, I do... Um, I, I used to work at MAC Cosmetics. Mm -hmm. So I do freelance wedding makeup, which you can't tell... At the office, I don't wear makeup, but let me tell you, if you <laughs> saw me on a Friday night, you'd be like, she can do good makeup. Um, but I, so I do weddings and I, and I totally get what you're, what you're saying. You can't call out. Like no. if I'm like, Hey, sorry, like I can't come to your, do your makeup at your wedding. No. Like, what are you going to do? Right. Like if it's, you know, I've had people who do like baby shower, not baby showers, uh, like a maternity shoot, they rescheduled. Yeah. That can be rescheduled, all that stuff. But a wedding is like. No, it's like, so it's pretty much a career ender as a vendor. It's like a you cancel ender. a wedding, it's a Although career I will say the COVID thing, that's, that, yeah. that's different. Because yeah, you like had a you, good excuse on that. Yeah. <laughs> and the government got, wouldn't let you do yeah, it. The, yeah, <laughs> it was against the rules. Yeah. And uh, there was a certain point where you just like, I think we were all so cautious, but eventually like everyone kind of, even though you, you were so cautious and then somehow it still happened. I had a friend who literally did not step in a restaurant, a market, or anything up until like very recently and they still got it. Yeah. And they were like, I don't know how I got it. I don't know where I came from. Yeah. Well, so many people in our home, got, like he got it last last we year twice. and my kids got it <gasps> and then I didn't get it. I was yeah. like, you know, the one bringing all the, the food, Messiah. the food to <laughs> both locations and I didn't get it. And then all of a sudden, oh, man, yeah, it was really, but well, whatever, we're past that. Yeah, we're past that. <laughs> and on a happy note, so what made you start with, first of all, What's your wine background? So wine industry, specifically from Portugal, comes from my dad and my grandfather. So okay. my, my father and my grandfather uh, started an import company in Massachusetts mm -hmm. 38 years ago, um, kind of focusing a lot on the commercialized side of Portugal. It's kind of more big producer stuff and just really – they did a really great job with it, but it was it – was, uh, it taught me a lot as to like what Portugal had to offer mm. from a different perspective. And then when I got exposed to that, I worked at the company a brief period of time um, – I started seeing other things that hadn't been brought to the U.S. as yeah. of yet, which is like more small producer stuff, more family owned project stuff, kind of outside of the huge commercialized, you know, kind of main brands. Mm. And I was like, oh, I mean, that's that's like our that's where I want to be. And it's, yeah. it's more of the storytelling. Support local, baby. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and it's, again, just small projects. Yeah. Just, it, it's so much about literally. And, and I think about this often now when I'm selling these products. I like the fact that when I go sell a product, I know who's. Uh, you know, the husband and wife team that I'm supporting by selling this product. Yeah. I know that's the father and daughter project that I'm supporting by selling this specific product. Like mm -hmm. that has, that resonated with me. And so that was the first conversation that I had with Nelly, which is like, listen, I want to do something. We knew that we were kind of start transitioning out of wedding industry. COVID yeah. kind of kicked that a little bit further or a little bit quicker yeah. um, because it was just too much for our household to be like, okay, <laughs> everything stopped. Every, yeah, everything stopped. Yeah. And weddings, just that that lifestyle of working weddings being open. It's exhausting. It's exhausting and Super it's not exhausting. necessarily sustainable. No. I right? Mean, like you're going mean, to reach a point. For, we did it for a really long time, but we knew, especially with his, his bleeding disorder, yeah. we knew like he takes a beating on wedding days he can't mm. walk the next day oh, no. um so so we knew that like we'd we'd have to transition out yeah um and even me i feel like i 
hit by a Mack truck the day after. It's a lot. You know? yeah. So so, so we much. knew we were transitioning out. And again, I had background in accounting. He has a background in customer service and a bunch of other things. Mm. Um, and of course, the wine. So it, it just that really is the perfect well. marriage. Yeah. yeah, the numbers person <laughs> and the people person. Yeah, you right. know what I mean? That's like the the perfect way to start a business. So that, so that was a conversation. We I basically just said, hey, listen, let's do this and let's just do it a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and again, going back to the wedding. So we our primary market for weddings was Newport Providence. So Newport Providence Warwick was where we spent all of our weekends as far as weddings and whatnot. And we knew we wanted, the, we loved the fact that obviously the, it being the small estate, it's accessible for us. Uh, we knew a lot of the the vendors and, and venues that we would hopefully try to um, bring on as customers. So a lot of things kind of aligned. Mm. And we also knew that we were going to start as just a two person team. And because of that, having the small estate and it's just a little bit easier for us. Yeah. Um, so we had the conversation and we said, okay, let's do it. And then that was day one of. Wow the journey did you always love wine like obviously i feel like everyone loves wine but like no did you not true no no not from the beginning no no I, no, no me I neither so. i mean i didn't love wine but like now i love wine. Like wine yeah well yeah i and always then, got headaches from yeah. wine or, or really? what i thought was headaches from wine yeah and you I just, start i mean i don't know sorry not to interrupt <laughs> i i think naturally transition most people no i shouldn't say all because i don't i don't like broad brush painting right but most people start with sweet stuff like that's oh, yeah. just kind of that's okay, my I'm, mo. I yeah, love this. Give sweet me stuff. the sweetest, <laughs> highest residual sugar stuff ever. Yep. But then you start acquiring a taste for other things. Yeah, and that's not, then you start not getting headaches. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then you and then you like oh you're okay. like oh this is why. Yeah, yeah I've always just blamed the sugar and like because I used to drink like, I mean back when I was like in my early twenties like. Um, it's like really sweet. Moscato? Well, yes. Yeah. I love and I would drink like a <laughs> bottle, like a yeah. big bottle, like before we went out. And then like the next day I'd be like, I have a headache and I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. I this. figured it out. Listen, I am 30 years old and I still love Moscato, it's even though I, I now also appreciate like wine that actually. Yeah, I don't think you're going to you drink know. a handle of it before you go out though. <laughs> don't judge her. Don't judging. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I read on your website, which I thought was really cool about like, Taste the cheap wine, taste the expensive wine, taste the sweet wine, yeah. taste all the color wine so you can know what you really like. Because mm -hmm. even though I understand that like drinking Moscato and liking Moscato is kind of silly and like, oh my God, it's so sweet. It's a dessert wine. I love it. It's no, fine. It's not just fine. If you love it, who are we to tell you not yeah. to Although drink now it. I love, I love rosé now. That's yeah. like, I'm a rosé gal. Yeah. But I think on the other hand, there's <laughs> just so, so much wine to try. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Totally. You, even in just Portugal, right? There's so many regions and every region is known for, there's like 250 grape varietals. Wow. And, and you know, a grape varietal here might be completely different, tastes different than a grape varietal there mm -hmm. because of terroir and all this. So, and that's just Portugal. Never mind the all, whole the, world. all the other winemaking countries, right? Yeah. So, like so, the oldest type of alcohol on the planet. Is wine. Yeah, might be wine. Absolutely, yeah. it is. <laughs> um, and so, after after being in this industry for for a bit, you know, when somebody says, "Oh, I only like a Chardonnay," mm -hmm. I'm like. Mm, that's you know, not true. Like, Take no. that as a challenge. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Oh, 100%. Because oh, yeah. 100%. how many regions make Chardonnay? It, it, like Each you, Chardonnay, how are they, how so are they oaked? I it's mean, so, are they oaked? Are they yeah. right. so fair? Where are they grown? Like some, like based off of the sun and the rain, they're going to be sweeter. They're going to be more And even year to year. I mean, yeah. depending, on, depending on what happened in the climate, there's so variables. I, yeah. At the end of the day, I think people sometimes just don't know what they like. Yeah. And honest. I think in the United States, especially like, I think, well, now, like, we've had, like, Anchor and Hope on our podcast. Yeah, they were fantastic. We are neighbors. We oh, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, awesome. They're fantastic. We, yeah, love, we them love them so yeah. much. Um, but, like, we, I think for a while, there wasn't, like, a, similarly to the beer craze, right? Mm -hmm. Like, when I was growing up, it was, like, Bud Light, Budweiser, Coors Light. Like, those are the beers, yeah. right? And that's all you saw at liquor stores or out to eat. And now you go and you see thousands of different brands some local some from the west coast some from wherever but they're fun they're local not i say local they're not local necessarily to us but they're from like small places that aren't these big companies mm -hmm. and i think we're slowly getting to be like that with wine now which yeah. i think is really exciting because i remember growing up my mom had a box wine mm -hmm. 
or like you know yeah, like Franzia. Yeah, Franzia, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We love. Well, I didn't. I was too young, but that she was loved the Franzia. She just blew her spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We loved. I mean, she <laughs> loved it. <laughs> no, but like there was like that. There was like Beringer. There was like a few yeah. wines that you could always get at the liquor store. And now it's so cool because when I when I go to my neighborhood liquor store, it's like every time I go, I try to try something different yeah. because there's so many. There's some from Spain. There's some from California. There's some from Portugal. It's like all these different wines, and like maybe I do like Sauvignon Blanc that is this brand and this company, but maybe I like it from this company better or maybe I like their version of this better. There's just so much to to learn now. Yeah, like what you were saying with people don't know what they like. Mm. Um, like I was a bartender for a lot of years and you would get the people that like, uh, oh, I want a Pinot Grigio because they've tried a few Pinot Grigios. I can just tell. You've tried a few and you know it's safe. Mm. Whereas like, uh, whatever, even if you get into like a, something as simple as like a Pinot Noir, like it can be sweet or it can be dry. It yeah. depends on who you get it from. Right. And like, then they're like afraid to try those things. It's like, well, I like this one, but then I tried two other ones that I hated. And like, so now I just don't order it. Yeah. And you just don't know what you're getting yourself into. And it, there's a lot to it. And there's a huge obstacle in Portugal because it's just the actual name of the varietals. Like half the people can't even say them. So yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> there's this like little embarrassment factor mm. as far as ordering it and being wrong with the names. And mm. I'm like, don't, don't, you know, don't let that be the resistance. I'm sure Pinot Noir is there's yeah. a cute Sound way it to out. Say we'll that. know what you're yeah. talking about. But that's how exactly. I say Chardonnay. I'm sure there's like a French person or Italian. I don't. What is Chardonnay French? Chardonnay. Anyway, I'm sure there's a cuter way to say it than like me being like, I'll have a Chardonnay, like whatever. You can't be embarrassed. Right? Yeah, I it's, agree with you. It's like there's, you're going to learn. And there's actually, so we have some retailers, um, some of our, our clients that have set up their stores now, uh, which I love. And they just put all the wines together and mm. they basically just lay them out almost by price. Yeah. Um, and because this allows people to just explore. Yeah. And that I love, right? So all the red wines together, all the white wines together, and they'll just literally by price. Like, mm -hmm. here's here's how it's listed out. What's your budget? And then just try different things. Try different things. And I like that more. Yeah. And I've I, seen a few places doing that. Yeah. And not everyone can do that, right? Because at the end of the day, they still want, they still have those customers that just, they know what they want. They want to yeah. go grab it. Okay, fine. Bigger chains especially can't get necessarily get away with that. Smaller kind of wine shops can tend to do that. Mm. But I love it because it gives us an opportunity to be, you know, to, for people to try us where they necessarily wouldn't 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 do that so they're yeah, saying so. like oh i want to try portuguese wine i know that i can if i have 30 bucks i can buy it here yeah. like i don't have to get into it a question that i have because i honestly i don't i don't know anything about a lot of things <laughs> 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 just putting that out there that's a good way to put that so like when you said i guess i just assumed that like with your the portuguese wines that you represent yeah. they're the same sort of grapes elsewhere but you said a lot of wines people don't they're unfamiliar with they get intimidated can you describe some of those different yeah and you don't have to do this but even like oh like if you like a pinot noir like this is in that same category yeah so th there's a couple that transition but there's honestly it all goes back to the kind of even with the, within the chardonnay family that mm -hmm. there's different ones right there's uh, different this, ones, yeah. even with cab like i mean this cab from here cab from there is totally yeah. different um but so Portugal itself, Portugal has done a couple of different things. First of all, in back in the day, let's say 30 years ago, they were really good about just doing native varietals to Portugal. So they were just planting Torriga Nacional as one of the big grape varietals, Torriga Franca, which comes out of the Douro region. That was another big grape varietal. Mm -hmm. um, Aragonis, which is actually Tempranillo. So that's kind of more familiar with a lot of people. Those are kind of the ones that they stuck with. Uh, there's obviously more, but they, those are the kind of ones that they had stuck with. Then there was this we need to be in the U.S. mentality. Yeah. Um, and oh, what they ended up doing was they ended up starting to plant like cab everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. So they were planting cab in Portugal. They were planting Alicante Boucher, which still exists, but that one has actually, um, that one is actually now considered a native varietal because it's been there for over 80 years. Mm -hmm. um, but so they started doing a lot of that. You started seeing Chardonnay there. You yeah. started seeing just kind of international varietals all throughout Portugal, which is cool because it gives you like, less resistance on the purchase but i feel like it takes a little bit away from the authenticity of it yeah. so I, I feel like we have to have the balance of those two things mm -hmm. yes we do carry some of those and we carry them in blends um but majority of our portfolio especially with single varietals we really try to focus on native, native. portuguese varietals oh, i mean our yeah. company name is brands of portugal right so yeah. Yeah. if we're trying to do what everyone else is trying to do that's not really being authentic. it's not your brand no it's yeah. not who we are yeah so so Okay, so to answer your question, so from the Bajada region, there's a grape varietal called Baga, and that can be kind of closely associated with Pinot Noir. Mm. So if people like Pinot Noir, they can skew that way. Mm. Uh, Cab is, again, it can be so many different things, right? So you can have uh, some wines that are out of the Alentejo region, especially some in the East Coast, 
of the Alentejo, or not East Coast, but the East side of, of the Alentejo that can have Alicante Boucher and Trincadera. And those wines tend to be a little bit more concentrated and those can associate more with Cab. So ah. it's the thing that I laugh more It's an about, impossible question. I'm just it, like- No, it really is. And, and obviously, and I don't want to misguide anybody because I don't want you to think, oh, we only have to look for these. The thing is, there is because- Portugal is almost one of the, I think I, I maybe I'll self-proclaim them as the, the blend kings or blend king Ooh. and queens. Yeah, they are well known for blends. Mm. I mean, that's what blends. they do, right? And, and for a long time, those were frowned upon. Uh, frowned upon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when in actuality, it takes a lot of skill to blend to a wine. blend. Because you're blending different, different grapes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. right. you're trying to pull acidity from one. You're mm. trying to pull, you know, just the different tannins things from, from tannins or, yeah. from, different, from different things. Yeah. Um, and the thing that makes me laugh now, right? You go to a, a, especially these big box change stores, um, and I'm trying to kind of push them away from this, but you go to these stores and they have a red blend section yeah, and zero Portuguese wines in that <gasps> section. And <laughs> so, the Portu Portuguese is blend king yeah, so, or queen. Uh, or queen, that's right. <laughs> so, royalty. But, blend exactly, royalty. Blend, blend royalty. royalty. That's, that's, that's the good way to go. So, but yeah, but they'll have this like, you know, they'll have the Portugal section, which is cool. And then they have a whole blend aisle. And I'm like, like that's that's us that you need to be we, there let's go there <laughs> yeah. yeah because you have people who just shop blends now oh i love blends i love blends i'm like man you, you love you portugal got, you need that's to have portuguese do. wines yeah now when you started with i know you said that like when you talk about the wine you know where the wine's coming from you yeah. know the, the 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 you know the family that makes the wine or, mm -hmm. or however into the the store you get when your your first experience going there with your company now brands of portugal what was that like like being like oh we get to like spread this word now yeah. of these people like how cool is that well actually we started selecting like or or try um who we wanted to work with during covid mm -hmm. um or shortly there yeah it was during covid and so we did all the research online first like yeah. who are they you know any any scores on wine we can find do we like the label do we not all these things right and and a lot of the wines we we <laughs> contracted with these producers without even trying them wow honestly. we just really fell in love with the people mm -hmm. like so through video um appointments and and just talking to them online we just fell in love with them yeah and and i don't know at the end of the day we just kind of felt like we would love the wine we should we should explain that the <laughs> yes we, some of them we, uh, there was a lot of them actually that we didn't taste at first but we had um people that we trusted that were in the mm. industry colleagues and whatnot that would go and right. try yes. or taste yeah. it. And right. So it's not that we were going in totally blind. You weren't blind. <laughs> no. Yeah, but even still, like with the world, the way the world works now, like you can Google anything. Yeah. You can read a thousand reviews yeah. and out of the thousand reviews, you, probably half of them are pretty accurate, yeah. right? So you can learn without being like foot on the ground. You can learn about things. And right. you, like you said, from talking to them, you probably learn how they made their wine and like what was important to them. And knowing that, being wine, I will I will say like wine experts. I'm sure if one person is like, we dedicate all this time to X Y Z, and this other place is like, we don't. Yeah, you're probably and like, okay. There was also right. a lot of like, situ there was a lot of situations still exists, and they still come to us where mm -hmm. the wines are great, um, but the project doesn't align with our our mission, our vision, and what we're trying to do. They may be just too big. They may not necessarily have. Um, I don't know, I, I, just different different mindsets, yeah. I guess, when it comes to how we're going to grow. Yeah. And from a business perspective, they might be great as far as they'll make us money, but mm. they just don't, they take away from everything that we're doing. And we don't, we're the trying- part of what you're doing. We're very much trying to stay with what, you know, our mission and mm. trying to stay true to it because we don't want to be, again, what everyone else has, has already mm. done. So- it's tough because again, we're still a small business and it's still just the two of us just right now knocking you, yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we want to, we want to do something different and we, we're fortunate enough. I mean, obviously being here with you guys and, and just, you know, a lot of these things that, that we're getting the opportunity to do yeah. has, has really resonated with us and it seems like we're sure. doing something right. I think going back to your question about the first time we went back last September was the first time we actually met with many of our producers in person and, and toured all the wineries and, um, we came back just completely energized because you were like on cloud nine. Yeah, it, it really just solidified all our choices. Yeah, um, we fell in love, even more in love with all the people. Like our choices were just spot on, and and you know with the wine, obviously. Yeah, and uh, we yeah we're just on on the same on the same 
playing field. Just if genuinely you will. good people, honestly. Yeah. Just just genuinely good people. Yeah. And that makes such a that makes this enjoyable for us, honestly. Yeah. Is because obviously I mentioned to you about the sales aspect of it, but we get to I mean we get to spend time with these people, you get to right? Talk to these people and learn yeah. about their families yeah. and like, oh my son's gonna take over my vineyard or my daughter yeah, is exactly. gonna start doing whatever. Like that's so exciting to be able to yeah. be there and and, yeah. and feel those things. I think I mean in general, like most of the people that we have um met with or been with um are just really um simple mm. if you will or lack for for a, a lack of a better word just simple um they love wine the, yeah wine, but though. they love family yeah they love life yeah that's a huge it, it's very different when you when you go to portugal it's just it's very different yeah um they just love life and know the importance of of today slowing down yeah um we so, don't know that no yeah, you talked about work-life balance <laughs> yeah. and we've gotten more appreciative of work-life balance by yeah. doing this that's amazing it's uh, it's no okay i will say that we've had an awful work-life balance <laughs> i was gonna say year. we've learned yeah, that you don't have awful. one no but, but you have you have a goal for where yeah, you're we going have a goal. exactly yeah, yeah. So, and the goal's yeah, achievable i see this is possible though. Yeah, yeah totally what i think is cool too um you know other people we've talked to through the podcast like poppy's coquito for instance like you're bring like not everyone knows what coquito is not everyone knows the the culture behind it and the meaning behind it but people hear it they try it they love it and giving them the opportunity to learn about it and try it is the first step to people being like i know what coquito is i love coquito yeah. so similarly with you guys like bringing a wine you know that's not sort of like the behringer or the yellowtail or like whatever the big box brands are which they i'm in their own right they're doing their thing whatever yeah. but like you're bringing this new and i said support local and i know technically this is not local because this is in portugal but you're like by educating people on these small vineyards locally to portugal it is the ecosystem of perfection <laughs> because you're supporting local yeah. and you're learning about a different culture you're learning about you know like you said you when you went there to portugal to learn about the wines you learned about life and how they appreciate family and all that stuff you're bringing a piece of that here to rhode island that people i've never i mean i'm sure i've had portuguese wine but i've never i didn't know about it yeah. i wasn't like informed on what i was drinking or like how the vineyard worked and that it came from a small mom and pop vineyard that's been there for 80 years or whatever and that's like really cool to bring that here yeah. i mean we're both portuguese so we mm. grew up in the culture right and mm -hmm. and um yeah it's just very different because my, my totally parents different. immigrated here, right? And yeah. it was just work, 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 obviously. Very mm -hmm. different. Um, the American dream. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it's funny. So you talk about support local and, and that's obviously super important. And we still do that even with, with our own business as far as like even our business cards, everything that we do yeah. is like very much local. Um, but going back to that, we've actually come to find out that some of our producers have family members in Rhode Island. And Rhode Island it, has a huge Portuguese. Of course. And, I'm, I'm Portuguese. Yeah. And, and and it's huge here. I mean, Italian and Portuguese is kind of pretty much the dominant um, backgrounds in, in, in Rhode Island. Yeah. So we've actually seen, you know, so it's not necessarily directly supporting local, but you're supporting us, obviously, when, you, when you're when you purchasing something. And yeah. you're still supporting a family. It could be a family of someone who's mm -hmm. local. Totally. Um, so this, yeah, this, I mean, I'm, I'm all about support local for sure. I, I think support small is, is almost more important than support yeah, local. So, yeah. yeah, and I yeah. think it, they're all synonymous with each other, right? Yeah. Like you're supporting you guys. You guys are local. You guys are bringing these incredible wines and education to a local yeah. area that how, how else would we have access to those things? Yeah. I mean, you know? And, and and access is, is tough because of uh, liquor laws. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. And yeah. for for like if you like like back to like supporting local, supporting small, like you can go to a vineyard in Rhode Island and that's supporting local, yeah. you're supporting your local economy. But also like when you go home and you want to buy wine at your liquor store or you want to have wine at a restaurant that you've never tried before, like you are, you guys are a local business. You 100%. guys are just the two of you. You guys are supporting family owned small businesses that are overseas but are still you know like you said portuguese culture is so big in rhode island like that's kind of like the chain of course mm -hmm. and you know you just said it's multi-tiers right so it goes mm -hmm. from you're purchasing it from a retailer who's local you're purchasing it from uh, a distributor who's local yep. and then obviously then we go to a different tier yeah but yeah that's it's it's local i feel like this is a uh, as good a chance as any i'm <laughs> i'm realizing um so we've kind of alluded to it and through inference, I'm sure the listener can figure it out. But can you explain exactly what Brands of Portugal is? Yeah, that's a good call. And so we should back up. A yeah, little bit. Sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I realized we didn't really go yeah. through it. And I was like, that's I feel like we should clarify, like, you know, like 
uh, we kind of got into like how you thought of getting into it, yeah. but Once then we the just skipped starts. to Portugal. <laughs> yeah. So, so brands of Portugal, um, as a title and, and as a descriptor, is a importer and distributor of wine and spirits of Portugal, one hundred percent exclusively from Portugal. We cannot sell to the public. Uh, we mm-hmm. cannot do anything as far as direct to consumer sales. That's, an, that's just the way the laws work. But we support retailers and restaurants and um, that's how we get our products out and that's how people support us is by purchasing at retailers and restaurants and asking for our products at yep. those for those stores that we don't have placements in yep. what we are doing a little bit different than some of the other wholesalers is we are doing some events with consumers i saw that that's Explain. been huge for us. yeah so events with consumers and, and tastings and just different events this is going to evolve into which we'll get into um after this but travel as well um we think it's super important for consumers to to understand the story directly from us because we mm. i mean at the end of the day, these retailers have a ton on their plates, restaurants, you know, they already are overwhelmed with so much stuff. So to, to kind of tell the story, it's just not, it's not feasible for them yeah. at this point. So for us, it's important to really tell the stories of these wines, for people to connect with them, to understand exactly what they're purchasing and to be able to taste wines and, uh, you know, and, and really taste all the wines from one producer, which you wouldn't necessarily have an opportunity to do. So wine dinners are super important mm. for that. We've had uh, two so far. Yep. And we're we're have our third, which is going to be coming up um, this month at Aloft in Providence. Oh, cool. cool! We love Aloft. Yeah. Oh my God, Damaris is the best. Yeah, she's super cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we were actually doing our first back-to-back event because it's a super small space at yeah. the Blue Violet. So we're doing uh, two events there on the same day. One's from five to seven, and the other one's from seven thirty to nine thirty. Oh, cool! But these are cool. They're they're intimate events, and that was the key for us. We always wanted to make sure that people would have a good experience and that they would actually learn something. But it wouldn't also to be uh, too like lecture based. Like yeah. it's not that. It's no come have fun mingle and then we'll tell you about the wines and enjoy the the whole experience for us mm. so we've done one at hotel providence we did one at spain restaurant both of those sold out we're working on our third uh now so amazing. it's been yeah, yeah and the feedback really has fantastic. been the feedback's been amazing for them and, and we love doing this and so we have this idea that uh, which we hope we can still pull off by the end of the <laughs> fall that we want to do a barbecue like, oh my god yeah yay! That'd be cool. So this is how we work. Chris has these big giant ideas. <laughs> and you're like, and then I'm usually like, um, how are we gonna do this? Yeah. Let's bring it back. That? Let's yeah. be realistic. She's the, she's the numbers person. You need that. I, that well, again. No, I'm just the realist. Yes. You're the realist. Sometimes. Yeah, but usually yeah. the like realist dreams. is the numbers person. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like people who aren't realists can't be numbers person yeah. well, because the, numbers are real. The barbecue is true, very true. <laughs> the, the barbecue thing is the whole concept here is to really just showcase wines under 15 bucks, right? Mm. So these are just easy, like, you know, the, the ones that you can drink on summer, summer or winter, what is it? but you just want something midweek that's a little less expensive yep. that you want to still have quality behind it. This is what we're going to do the barbecue. That and was you can bring idea. it to a barbecue. Yeah, and that's the whole idea is really just show easy drinking wines that are kind of crowd pleasers, right? Mm. So just easy. They don't have to be explained too much. They're not hard to understand. Anybody could like these wines. So that's, yeah. that's the next step that we're thinking about putting and together. it would be an easy way for the red drinkers to try the white or the rosé yeah. or vice yeah. versa, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, when people say, I only like red or I want, have so, you tried yeah. this? Yeah. So this winter, and I'm, I'm going to blow up my spot right now, but uh, this winter <laughs> we're going to, we're going to do this tasting at our, probably at our space at that point. Uh, I don't know, we're going to figure out where we're going to do it, but this winter we're going to do a tasting where we're going to actually not chill whites and oh. blindfold people so that they can understand the differences between red and whites and understand cool. and see if they actually truly only like reds. Oh my yeah. God. Because there's a lot of people who just, they'll either buy by label or yeah. it's this kind of like, oh, I only like this kind of one. Okay. Because well, you like it cold or you like it this, yeah. or you like it that. So when let's really? try it. Let's oh see God. what you actually like. <gasps> That's, you should film it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know what happens. That's well, so you said, cool. You're only a red drinker, right? No, I do. Honestly, do I do you everything. You Moscato too, right? So. Uh, yeah, I like Moscato. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> much just a red drinker. Just a red drinker. So I pretty much tried everything though yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so i don't dislike whites yeah uh i just like if i'm gonna grab for something it's gonna you go be red, red. Gonna yeah, be i'm that I, i've said it a bunch of times on this podcast but i'm that side of the spectrum i like uh it's like whiskey yeah. tobacco red wines it's, yeah. that's kind of my flavor profile it's fine. nothing wrong with that yeah. man. just own it i know what i like yeah. what are your favorite wines it's uh all based on occasion Okay, so, so let me let me put up the occasion. occasion. Pa- yeah, paint it's, us a picture. I'll paint you a picture. Everyone <laughs> close their eyes. Okay. So it's your anniversary. You're going on a date night. Are you vegetarian? Do you have any dietary restrictions? No, we okay. did that for a little bit, but okay. So, so, so Nelly is having a beautiful seafood dish. You're yeah. having 
a heartier like steak dish. Oh, so now we're all messed up. <laughs> so so you guys doing. have different wines. Oh, I want to okay. hear. Right, I want to hear your fave, and then want to like, hear, and then we'll switch dishes. Uh, we're yeah. going to be forced to eat these things. I <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they're coming out now. Your yeah. food's coming. Yeah, thank, you. thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> this is so hard because we have so many good whites. I would uh, seafood dish. I more than likely would go for a white or one of our rosés. Yeah, I do have a favorite rosé. They can hear you. know. Well, you can. You don't have to say the brand. Just like the type. Like no, it's pretty much. It's pretty much public at this point. Is that well? You don't have to say yeah. it. No, no. I, I, I mean, we have so many really great ones, so it'd be hard to just pick one for mm. sure. But a rosé would be like your top of mind for a dish like that. You know what? I'd probably go with a white. A white. Okay. Yeah. We have a, a just the white with good acidity, probably. Yeah. And we have so many. It's really. And hard. what's a Portuguese so, wine that like a varietal? Varietal was that the varietal? Varietal. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. I'm learning. Fancy. I'm fancy. Nailed it. So yeah. what would be the varietal of that? Like what? I kind don't of have grape? a particular one that I I like. Like I mm. I need to have this varietal. Uh, of course, we have so many of our wines. As we said, our blends. Yeah. Um, we have a f- really fantastic. Um, it's from the Vinho Verde region. It's called Curvuge, and it's been really popular uh, for us. It's been it's gone really really well. I love. That. Um, um, that's just a very simple. When you think, if you if you've ever tried a wine from the Vino Verde region, you think really super high acidity. It's not like that at all. Okay. It's kind of a little bit more mellow than that. Uh-huh. Um, but it's yet yeah, it's crisp. It's fresh. It's got a little bit of effervescence, a little bubbly. Ooh, yeah, a little, just a little though. Okay. And yeah, I, I really like that one. I it's love fantastic. that. That's an easy one. Okay. For my steak. For your steak. What you're asking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm a little partial to uh, Turiga Franca. Is okay. the name of the red from the Douro region. Um, and there's a couple of producers that do it super well. So to, I would definitely get something with a high uh, percentage of Turiga Franca. Turiga Franca okay. is just a varietal that it's- And that's a red? It's a red uh, blend. It's a, well, it, most of the time you see Turiga Franca in blends. They have 100% Turiga Franca, but it's- The blend royalty. Blend royalty, <laughs> yeah. But it's I, a callback. I just, I, I ha- we actually have a blend of like 65% Turiga Franca, um, 25% Turiga Nacional, and 10% Tinto Ruiz. And it's like one of my favorite. It just, it's got a, a, a little bit of punch with the Turiga Nacional. So it yeah. gives you that, that tannin grip. It's Got softness with, but still power with a Turiga Franca, oh and Tinto Ruiz as well. Yeah, I love that. Super good. This is so fun. I need to. I need to learn more about these wines. You should come drink with us. I, I literally, I'm gonna come you drink with you. I, I think our favorite thing to do is like tastings, right? And somebody comes in with, I just like this, mm. and then we're like, okay, try this. They're like, I don't like it. Okay, try this. Oh, this is well this my is, style. Okay, yep. try this. Oh, I love that too, and I love that too, and I love that too. Then all of a sudden. That person doesn't really just like this anymore. Like, yep, look they at all like the so many others. We our, opened you up to our yeah. tasting events are pretty crazy because, like, so obviously <laughs> we talked about our wine dinners, but we've had some tasting events. We had an open house actually. Our open house we opened seventy two bottles, oh seventy two wow. bottles of wine, and, and we did. Yeah, it was crazy, and and um, <laughs> we did this a little purposely because. We really wanted to open our doors and open our selections. And yep. we, we have in our portfolio 205 wines at this point. Whoa. So we're like loaded with wine. And a lot of that has to do with super limited production. Mm-hmm. So we have some producers that some SKUs that you can only get 900 bottles of total. And we can only allocate maybe 100 bottles or 150 bottles. So we have a lot of pro- a lot of kinds of products, but maybe only small quantities. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to show kind of what we represented. So we opened a lot of stuff. Like half a bottle. <laughs> yeah. for sure. A lot of stuff. Let's open them all. Yeah, crazy. but Let's do even it. with our buyer events, it's yeah. kind of crazy because they always say to us, "You open." Say the numbers person was sitting over here, being like, "It was crazy." Oh, she was, <laughs> <laughs> she, she was shaking a little bit. <laughs> but uh, but the even with our buyers tastings, like we typically open twenty to twenty five bottles. Not open, so we Coravin. I don't know if you know what a Coravin is. Mm-hmm. Coravin is a preserver, basically that allows you to keep the bottle actually sealed, and oh, cool. yeah, it keeps the. It keeps the quality of it usually for like three to four months before you mm-hmm. see any fall off. Mm-hmm. So for that, it's a lifesaver. It's because of obviously the numbers person would kill me <laughs> if I was opening bottles left and right. <laughs> so the la- Corvin, she's planning something. I did I see do that it. in the beginning when we didn't have the Corvin. Yeah, she yelled at me a lot. So <laughs> the Corvin has been a saving grace. But yeah, so we will open like a, you know twenty or or taste twenty thirty um, products because we want them to see what we're the bringing to the table that's not so just cool. kind of put in a box. This may be along the lines of what you were just talking about. The thing that saved it, but like. Do those, I don't know how to describe them. They're like corks with a pump. Yeah. You get Do a week out of those. those actually work? Yeah, you can get a week out of it. So oh, the whole cool. idea is to remove the oxygen from the bottle, right? So yeah. you, if you if you do the pump and you keep it in a dark, cool place, probably get a week out of yeah. it. Yeah, we used to use them like in restaurants, like just for overnight seals. Yeah. Like you'd yeah. go through that bottle in a couple of days, so it yeah. wasn't a big deal. But yeah. I was always like, I wonder if this is a thing that actually works. No, it does. Or if we just do it. Yeah. <laughs> when you go to parties, visit. are they like, you guys got to bring so much wine? Yeah. Do you always bring wine? Yeah, you cook too. 
I do cook. I mean, I love to cook, but I'm I'm not. Unfortunately, I you don't have I the time. I haven't learned a lot from my mom, which is awful. because yeah. she's the best cook. She's yes. a really, really wonderful cook, and she can just throw whatever together. That. I'm not that kind of cook. Uh-huh. I'm afraid to throw things. Together. You're a numbers person. You need recipe. the recipe. recipe. I need the recipe. I'm afraid to just make things not taste good. Yeah. So if you give me a recipe, I will cook anything. But yep. without it, I'm just not very creative in that sense. So you Funny. get to bring I'm the crea- wine. I'm creative with the camera, not with. Yeah. Are there like um, wines from Portugal that are cooking wines? Yeah. I'm, well, they can be um, like even actually brought one. So uh, the Madeira. So Madeira wine, which is a fortified uh, wine, has sweetness to it. And that actually can be used as a cooking wine. Ooh. I wouldn't go into the fancy ones when it goes to that. Like the entry level one is yeah. solid with that. But yeah, totally. You could do a because you might have heard some like port wine sauces that people yep. use in some st- even steak dishes and whatnot. Yeah. You can do the same thing with with Madeira, which has a little bit of a different quality. So, yes, you could That's absolutely. Cool. Do that. You know, what's really funny. I'm realizing I'm breaking my own like uh, this is what I like in my yeah. head right now. While See, we're you're already about doing it, it. he's not even trying it. Uh, I do like port yeah. and port's really sweet. Typically. Super sweet. But so, like it's something you just. Well, like an aperitif, okay. you just sip on it. Okay. It's so, not so quite I'm glad the you same. said that. So, and this is actually to, to a good point that we can go to. So, I I'm 100 a believer in in fortified wines. Yes, I need to be because we're selling it. But beyond <laughs> that, beyond that, like you said, the right thing, which is you're drinking it with as a dessert or as an yeah. aperitif. Like you're purposely doing this, right? Mm-hmm. The thing that I'm kind of confused about why the U.S. does like a ton of is cocktails during dinner. Like I feel ah. like it takes away from the flavor profiles of the food. Oh, totally. And but I think that's because we're all on. We're all. On, I don't want to. But I'm unless, gonna say a blanket say we're all uneducated. We don't know that I, we're I supposed to. I, I, I don't know. If it's an edu- uneducated thing. I think it's more just that's become kind of the norm the in norm. the U.S. Yeah. And and I, like it just throws me off honestly because you're it. drinking so much sugar. Mm. Yeah. And, and and it throws I, for me. I, I don't know about you, but for me, it throws a flavor profile off of the food. So you don't understand kind of like what yeah. you're doing. What you're doing. Well, and as a yeah. as a rule. Um, I might be a little weird on this, but like if I'm eating, even if there was a drink in front of me and my food comes out, yeah. I switch to water while I'm eating. Yeah, there you and go. Then you and then back. I switch back. Perfect. The only, I think the only um, change to that would be like if I got a really good steak and I had a red wine, yeah. like yeah. I would probably sip the red wine, but yeah. I'd still be satiating thirst with a water the yeah. whole time. Yeah. So why, why is this my kind of rule there for when I go out to dinner with people is like the first drink is always a fun cocktail and yeah. then we switch to wine. Yeah. Because then we like we'll get a bottle or that, whatever. I love that. That's Although it's, it's like, not always easy because like I don't eat meat and people like maybe the dish that I want doesn't necessarily go. But again, I'll, I'll go with it. If it's yeah. poured in a wine glass and it's tasty, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah you are right, deal. though. Cocktails have become like synonymous with like just like, oh, we're going to go out and have cocktails. Mm. Yeah. And like you're just drinking that the whole time. Yeah. Whereas there are, I, I could be wrong, but I think a lot of places where they kind of started, they were meant as like an after dinner or like or a before. Like, or you, a before. Yeah, yeah. You do it before, you can do it before. after. And, and obviously, if like I'm fully supportive of restaurants making whatever money they can make at this point. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, oh, if, yeah, if you're making a ton of money on cocktails, cool. Drink up, baby. Right, exactly. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah. I'm, but I do think there's like an educational background in it because I went, um, when I was like 18, I started working at an Italian restaurant that had like a really intense wine list and we had to learn about it. I don't remember anything from it mm-hmm. now. But when I was like 18, 19, like I knew about wine and I knew like how to pair wine and I knew what tasted good with what. And but like I had to be taught that through this restaurant, which a lot of people I don't think like the normal person who's going out to dinner doesn't know like, oh, they might know, oh, seafood, chicken, white. They want to be guided. They want to be guided. And if you a cocktail, you don't have to be guided. You're like, oh. This cocktail sounds yeah. delicious. Yeah. I know that it's going to taste delicious. Yeah. Period. Sometimes, you used Sometimes. To, I used to get people that would like, I guess not guided, but like would come in and be like, "Make me a cocktail." Yeah, and you'd be like, "What do you want?" Like, "Oh no, make me a cocktail." Yeah, and then I have so to hard. ask them a few questions, yeah, like, terrible. "Do you like sweet? Are you more of like a chocolate person? Right. Do you like co- like?" And then kind of guess at it, and then make them something. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was kind of fun. Same reaction. Like it, it could be fun if it was like a lunch and it was slow. Yeah, right. If it was busy, I'm like, just tell me what. You're yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but it was I also interesting. Think there's like, I think there is like a cultural part of it. Just wine in general is a slower thing. 
right? Like you sip on wine. You like, oh, yeah. it's not meant to get you I like mean, very drunk very quick. No. Lunches in Portugal are easily like when we went like two, three hours easy. Yeah. And, and dinner starts at eight and it's not over till 11. 11. You, you know? take and your you time. Just, yes. and, you're, and it's very, very slow. Mm-hmm. You eat slowly because it's all about the conversation and, yeah. and just being with people. You have right? actual courses. Yeah. yeah. yeah but exactly. I think that's a good thing. It doesn't just all hit the table at the yeah. same time. No. You know, you're not necessarily like when you're a lot of the like a lot of restaurants here like or just culture in general like you go out to dinner it's an hour you're done you're done you yeah. go home so i want to drink that, some that's, cocktails that's turnover I wanna... culture though i need that's that table back yeah yeah exactly table. and again this goes back to the money factor right yeah so you got to make your money that's exactly it and yeah. and going back to the whole guided aspect it's tough for restaurants right now too to actually have people devoted mm-hmm. to this because oh yeah you can't staffing is like it's so tur- there's turnover left and right yep. so you if even even us so tomorrow not tomorrow on wednesday i'm doing a training session with one of our our, our restaurants and I'm hopeful that that staff remains there for a while, but yeah. there's a chance that, they that leave. three, four months down the road, mm-hmm. I might have to retrain a new yep. staff. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things that it's just, you know, you get to keep but going But it's funny. It. So the restaurant that I worked at and because it was in Boston that we really, we really focused on the wine. We did not want turnover. You were like, you don't want turnover. No. You want people to like sit and order a bottle and then order another bottle and then finish with an aperitif. Like you want that sort of vibe. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, me as a consumer, I'm not always like that. Sometimes I want to go in. I want to drink a martini. I want to get my dinner and I want yep. to get out. Yep. But if I, I know if I'm going to like a, a nice dinner, a nice long dinner, like I know that there's going to be like steps. Yeah, well, they make up for that with price. Yeah. So yeah. If, you, if you, the kind of place that wants to keep a person sitting at a table for a long time, they want to have you order multiple drinks yeah. and you're paying five times what you would at the place that's trying to get you in and out in an hour. Yeah, right. that's true. Uh, the, in Portugal though, for, um, they get the hourly wages for mm. yeah. for wait staff. Yeah, it's, it's much not different. Tips. It's like a normal mm-hmm. hourly wage, so they don't count on their tips. It's so like, that's the nice. difference, it's right? Most of the, most of the world, except for us, yeah. Yeah. except for us, exactly. it's true. All of Europe, yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Australia too. Yeah. yeah, we found out we could get away with it, and then all the businesses were like, "Yes, yeah." My best friend actually just went on this beautiful honeymoon, and he started in Portugal, and then he went to like. um Italy and Greece and it was it was absolutely beautiful but the the kickoff in Portugal was so fun and then he was like we land we stopped in Portugal and like the 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 time we we had like lunch or whatever before we left it was so nice we got to sit and relax yeah. and we had I think they did they love like Aperol spritz like they had an Aperol spritz and it was a lunch it was like you know it was a cool vibe it was chill it was relaxed and I'm like man I want a lunch like yeah, that yeah they, they work long hours like so they, they definitely do but they have these again Nelly, Nelly touched on it earlier which is they're just having this appreciation for like they have the an now appreciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and and when they go on vacation so for example August it's the first <laughs> two weeks of August you can't get in touch with a wine producer there <laughs> No. Everyone's on vacation. Oh, yeah. They're gone. Every, before yeah. harvest. So yeah. harvest is going to be happening in the next few weeks. Well, and some, some places it's happening already. Right. Yeah. But you just can't get in touch with anybody. Can't. And you see pictures on Instagram. You're like, oh, this is where you Can are Can that right be now. your vacay too? That yeah. should be your vacay. Well, I, yeah. I agree. Going ne- forward. Next, next year is the goal. I think we should go with yeah, somebody. Yeah, it's the goal. Whoever we sell the it. most of, they should take us. Oh, yeah. Right? I like this idea. Yeah, That's I, a good idea. I've pointed that out a few times too. Like I have friends in Australia from Australia and like there the culture is like you know let's say you have a month of vacation time like you're kind of expected and encouraged like take it all at once yeah like they leave for a month we have friends from Australia going to Greece for a month yep and um, the ones that that? came here to the United States they were here for three and a half weeks or something they just went to a bunch of places and they were here for a wedding and and guess what yeah the world still goes around. Yeah, the, like war- it still the world goes. still beats. You yeah, know what I mean? We lived through a whole friggin' it's pandemic. It's just called, you, you set things up, you set up a culture, yeah. and you get used to it. So, yeah. like, right now, it would be a crazy culture shock for us to do something like that because we're not built for it. Right. None of our it. setup is built for it. Like, the infrastructure has to be there, and then it's just a part of everyday life. But yeah. we got to transition. Yeah, I think we should all just I slow down we, and drink Portuguese a, wine. I need a yeah, month off drinking just Portuguese wine. <laughs> I like it. Let's and just it. relaxing. I said, I said, really quick, back to like favorite flavors and stuff. I read on your website, you said specifically, and I, I, I've known about this, but I don't know if it's big in Portuguese wines or wine is that a big portuguese thing uh not portuguese thing it's more small producer uh more kind of like niche small producer mm. stuff uh lisbon's doing a ton of that right now oh, with orange wines so skin contact wines we actually have a producer who uh two women producers who are actually doing skin contact wine in a can Ah, um, what the hell does that mean? Yes. Yeah, what, so, what is the skin contact? So whites typically don't have skin contacts, meaning it's not touched. Oh, so okay. meaning, no, it doesn't go when, in the when, wine to ferment. Yeah, oh. so, right. So it's usually just, just the juice itself, right? That's how so, I react when I don't know something. What the hell yeah, is that? No. <laughs> oh, that's cool. So this gives you this gives you a little bit different complexities in the yeah. wines. Itself, oh, that's interesting. And, yeah, yeah. So the yeah. wines become a little bit quite different. Than, so what does an orange wine taste like? 
Orange wine doesn't take. Well, again, I, I would think of like. An orange wine isn't necessarily orange. Looks orange. Mm. Sometimes it's amberish. It's, sometimes, it's like yeah. light it has amber. Like a tint. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Um, but but again, this this goes back to orange. All orange wines are different. Yeah. So it depends on the grape varietal that they use to start with. I don't like this answer. I it, want. A, I'm just, it I'm just tastes kidding. like Moscato. If I can <laughs> get you to okay, buy a bottle, perfect. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I will be buying. Bottle. Yeah, there you Thank go. You. Um, so obviously, there's restaurants and liquor stores around the Rhode Island that carry your wines. Yep. Was there like one? I we had this with Poppy's Cookie Dough. Like, was there like a North Star that you were like, yes, they can't they carry it. This is the best. Was there one of those situations? Or are you just no? There wasn't a um. Like a restaurant you go to that you're like, I'm so happy they carry our wine. Well, I, I think in general, we were happy with all of our partners. To be honest. Yeah. yeah. We were happy with like, well, so Aguardent, which is a tapas place in Providence. There. They're doing a great job. And um, oh, yeah. we were happy that they, there, they took yeah. all of our wines because it kind of was, it, it aligned with what we were doing as far as a new vision on Portugal. So that was cool to, to be represented there. Totally. Um, we, we have had incredible meals at Spain and Cranston. So yeah. it was great to obviously have our wines featured there. When you saw that, there. you're like, yes! Yeah. This is and then a fun story, actually, uh, which I, I tell a lot, uh, which is not necessarily like a we need to get in there. I actually didn't even know about the store in mm-hmm. advance, but it's a store that I walked into and one of the owners uh, says to me, he goes, I've never tasted a Portuguese wine that I liked. And you I was like, like the challenge. <laughs> How yeah. many have you tasted? Yeah. Yeah. Don't challenge, Chris. Don't yeah. challenge. So I was, I was You're okay. You're really ready. Let's go. Uh, and I had to chase him, though. He would n- not give me the time of day. He's yeah. like, no, I'm not doing it. It's like, no, I'm just, I just listen, I'm not going to like it. I said, listen, just give, like me, give me 20 minutes. Yeah. Right. So I brought nine wines to him one day and yeah. we tasted. So him and, uh, and his partner, we tasted through them. And they bought seven. Whoa! Yeah. There you go. And he's he's our number two number two customer right now. How that's funny awesome. is that? Yeah. And he's he like he doesn't admit it because that's the way he is. But yeah, of course <laughs> yeah. he never will. But no, we have a super great relationship now. And uh, yeah, and honestly, I think that's what makes this fun. The relationships that I've built and that yeah. we've built with with our customers now, it's just it's fun. And like you said, getting the challenge of someone saying, "I only drink this. I only like yeah. that." Being able to say, "Like, well, gotcha." You might. Yeah. I got gotcha. Well, yeah. my, I was going to say it in a nicer way, being mm. like, let me educate you. Let me show you that there's other things that you That's hard that because like. because a lot of people do have um, ideas of what they think Portuguese wine is. Yeah. And, and not to fault of their own, but maybe things that ha- they've seen in the market. Mm-hmm. Again, we went back to a lot of commercialized things. Just, just different. Yeah. And, and, and it's not saying that it's good or bad. It's just... Um, what they had seen or what they had been opened up to. So it, it, it is a challenge for us mm. to say, give us a shot or let us show you a different side of Portugal or, yeah. or what we're capable or what it's capable of. Mm. Or, People think it's know. an advantage. So we, we talked to a lot, of, uh, a lot of other distributors in different states because beyond obviously Rhode Island, our goal is to really be a hub for Portugal in the US yep. and to open up to other states and be just the importer aspect and then have other distributors have our products. So people are like, oh, it must be so easy for you to sell Portuguese wines in Rhode Island. And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> because you would think, oh, Portuguese community. But community. what they are used to seeing is not what we're doing. right? Yeah. So yeah. a lot of their wines that they're used to buying is like under $10. Mm-hmm. And it's not because we chose to go this route as far as like having more expensive wines, but smaller producers, yep. less quantities, they're mm-hmm. going to be more expensive. It's just yeah. how it works. It's how it works, yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're, I mean, our number one selling product is $17, $18 on the shelf. Mm. So it's just, you know, it's not unreasonable. No, and it's I mean, not. We, no, That's it's, actually a very good Yeah, it's not price. unreasonable at all. Mm. Um. And a lot of our products are in that range. Like the, the they kind of tend to be in the twelve to twenty five range. Like that's kind of the majority of our products mm-hmm. are, are are in that range, um, but not what you're used to seeing from Portugal. So oh, when we Portugal. go to these buyers and they're like, "Oh, I've seen Portugal." Oh, and by the way, you're fifteen dollars on the shelf, or like seventeen dollars on the shelf. Like, yeah. does it make any sense? Like, just 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 try, try it. it. Just, just try it. Try it. Getting people to yeah. be willing to try something is always so hard. But yep. once they do, that having that satisfaction of being like, "Yes." I weirdly yeah. saw something. I think it was an Instagram reel from like Shark Tank. And yeah. somebody was trying to sell, I think it was wine, uh, to the, the sharks. And they said, like, oh, you're uh, you're too expensive. Like, the average price point on wine on shelves that is sold is $15 a bottle. Yeah. Mm. Isn't that crazy? So when you said $16, I was like, oh. In my head, I was like, ah, average tank. price. But, that's that, <laughs> but then you say, what's the average price of wines from Portugal sold on the shelf? And I would argue to say it's probably seven ninety nine. Really? Really? Holy moly! So it's the like larger producer selling at a lower price huge, point coming huge in. Producers and, and very commercial. Right? Commercial you know, yeah. there's no real hands-on grapes. So yep. you know, 
again, commercialized. And this, and this yeah. good and there's nothing actually. wrong with that. And the crazy know part what is, I mean, like a lot of people drink it, yeah. and that's yeah. all they know. And, and there are nothing. there are some of those producers that the entry level might be the most popular one mm-hmm. and that we don't necessarily doesn't align with some of the other stuff yeah. that we agree with. But they might have reserves and and higher end ones that are totally yeah. great, amazing. I mean, we've gone to tastings for those producers and mm-hmm. sat down with them, and. Um, Again, the entry level one is just not what we believe in, yep. but the stuff above it is great. But it just, again, the whole project as a whole just doesn't. It doesn't align. Yeah. It doesn't align. And I think back to like that sort of boom in trying something different, yeah. right? Even like, don't get me wrong, I love Dunkin' Donuts just as much as any other New Englander, specifically mm-hmm. Rhode Islander. But if I can go to a place and get like a lo- like a more local coffee or a coffee that is like you know Nick, you've said it like the slow drip or like the cool cold brew, whatever. I will go out of my way to do that. So there's a space for both things. But I think we're coming to this sort of peak in our culture here in the United States that we want to feel the more, the different, we're willing to spend the money on things. It's a generational thing. It's a generational thing. I want to spend the money because I want to learn about the culture. I want to know that this wine or this coffee or this beer comes from a person that gives a care. I was going to say. (laughs) Gives a care about it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? There's like a time and a place for everything. Yeah. So like, you know, you need your, I don't know, if I'm going to have a summer party and make a vat of sangria, I'm yeah, probably not going to want to pay $18 a no, bottle for it. Absolutely I want $7, a decent wine that's good enough to mix with something and call yeah. it a day, you know? You know, it's good, goods and bads for everything. And some people that drink them every single day, like, they will get a good bottle of wine that they have, like, you know, maybe once a month or something mm-hmm. when they're right. hanging out. But then they have their cheap bottle of wine because yeah. they have, you know, and, and that's a couple glasses every night. Sometimes when people ask, like, how do you explain this wine? Well, it's a midweek wine. It might yeah. be just yeah. that. I love know? that. It's, a midweek it's just wine. A, it's that midweek wine. That's it's the so one cute. that's, you know, it's 12 bucks or, you know, $15, so $12, whatever maybe. It just might be what it is. <laughs> I love wine. <laughs> oh, this, I'm, I'm, even me, like, I jokingly, like, I love Moscato, but I'm starting to get into, like, I care more about, like, what the wine I'm drinking. I look at the label. I look at where it's from. I look yeah. at like what's behind it. I mean, probably for f- the first five years that I drank alcohol, I was drinking yellowtail Moscato and that was it. Mm-hmm. But now I have the time. I have the finances that I can s- take a minute. I can have like a midweek wine. I can have a fancy dinner wine. I can have the barbecue wine. I have and I have a different brand or different t- taste for each one, for each category. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also kind of a, I don't know the right way to put it. I'm kind of an ass when it comes to stuff that I really like mm. because like so whiskey like I have I don't really drink any of the regular whiskey I don't drink to make Jameson or Jack Daniels or like the mainstream yep. whiskeys anymore I go out and I find something in the 50 to 60 dollar bottle range and I pick something up every couple of weeks and I have yeah. a little collection and I just all I'm having is like a glass at a time so yeah. yep. and I do it you know neat no ice it's just I'm drinking it to drink it yeah and uh it makes a big difference. So like, I, I feel like sometimes I keep myself from getting too into something yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, Oh man, now I'm not going to be able to drink the $6 bottle. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> think, On off weeks. I think that's the norm though. I think again, yeah. this generation now, I, I don't think you go into a store looking for a bottle of wine that's under 10 bucks. I think no. you, there's just an automatic perception that it's not going to be of good quality. Yep. Um, so yeah. I'm, and again, it might actually be okay, but there's just an automatic perception. It's a random thing. It's not even wine, but uh, I want listen to a podcast, um, How I Built This. It's like an NPR podcast with like entrepreneurs. And there's one with the guys who did Warby Parker. Yep. And when they first started Warby Parker, they were going to sell their glasses at, I want to say it was like 10 bucks or $15, maybe 20. Uh, and they went to an investor and the, they were good quality, same quality they are now, whole nine yards. The investor said no. Because we can't sell glasses at $15, $20 a pop. People are going to think they're crappy glasses. Mm-hmm. They said, but there's a magic number. It's at like $99 to $100 range. says quality in that field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're like, if you change the price to this, it's still affordable, but it's quality. And people will, you'll sell more of them yeah. because you're you're getting your, your point across. So I think that's kind of like built into maybe this current generation of people, uh, like the, uh, what do you call them? The key demographic. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that like there is it doesn't have to be super high end, but it's there the is week. a there's a yeah. price point well, in not, there that, that like 
signals quality. Even with weddings. Whether right? it's real or not. Even, <laughs> even with weddings. I mean, this kind of, this is, I guess, since we're getting out of weddings, I don't have to book them anymore. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, even with weddings, you pretty much put three to four packages together, right? When you when you do in weddings, you always had the entry level package, which is just, okay, you, you got our foot in the door or we're, this is us showing you up. You never sell right? that one. Really. Yeah. You very rarely sell that one. Then you have the, the middle package and then you have the wow package, right? Mm -hmm. And 80% percent of the time we sold the middle package or the high package yeah. um, and no one ever went for the entry level package yeah it's just they didn't want that it, it's and again it's almost like well we don't want to walk out with just that yeah mm. we want it to be a little bit more yeah. than we want to yeah. even it, like you said with the glasses thing because that hundred dollars like someone who has a lot of money are like oh hundred dollars that's easily spent but someone who works hard for their money and they, they work hard. They work up for it. But there's that middle range, like yeah. that price range that you, everyone's like okay with it. Yeah, that $100 is perfect because- It's going to uh, give me quality. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's going to yeah. be- exactly. it's The more expensive ones of, are $300. Yeah. So you are you are at the low and end of the- yeah. It's also how you treat the product too, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's $20, you're just throwing them around. It's like, oh, this didn't last. Well, yeah, yeah because exactly. you didn't take care of it at all. Because you didn't take care of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or like you get a headache when you drink wine, when you wake up from wine and you're like- why did would I have a headache? And now we know why. We know why because we're doing the cheaper, the more sugary based wines. But if you take a minute, you spend a little bit more money, you'll have a little bit more of that enjoyable experience. You're not going to wake up with yep. a headache. There are there are certain well, things. There's, there's still some. That there's still yeah, wine yeah. headaches. Wine headaches is a it's real. It's not thing. all sugar. Sometimes it's the Histamine. There's, uh, a, a lot there's, a, there's yeah. another podcast based off of head, headaches you get from wine. There you go. I find there are certain things that are. Um, there are certain things that you can buy the cheap one, use it till it breaks, get rid of it, buy a new cheap one. Yep. It's yeah. fine. That's what they're there for. They're disposable things, whatever. And, but then there are also certain things like I don't know, knives in your kitchen. Yeah, Buying the good one mm -hmm. is a better investment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to work better. It's going to keep an edge better. It's going to be safer for you. Like buy the good one. Furniture that you actually want to keep buy the oh, good one because this. it's not part <laughs> you don't want you the particle the board one. The... yeah no, and like so there's certain I mean, things Ikea, so but like i said there's a time and a place for yeah, everything exactly. like there are certain categories of stuff that like the cheaper one for lack of a better word is better because yeah. you just it's just there to exist and then go away and you're done with it yeah, again i think it's where you are in your in your in life, your life yeah, right exactly. so when you're just starting to drink you're not you, know, you don't really you don't care, care about the wine uh -huh. or you don't even understand the wine and you're cool yeah, you just, it has you're to be cool. palatable yeah, yeah. you yeah. cool. have to get it down yeah you're cool with a seven dollar bottle yeah but but as you as you grow older and you have different tastes mm -hmm. and different you're a different place in life you may want the better wine yeah right? And it's not, and again, we, we're not talking super expensive wines. Like, no. we, we, I say it often, which is um, the best wines from Portugal, as far as price to quality ratio, are yeah. 15 to $25. Mm. That's a Between great 15 price and point. $25, you can find wines that can easily compete against $40, $50, $60 bottle of wine yeah. from everywhere else. Um, that's the really the special, special part of Portugal. Again, yeah, that's great. not to say that $60, $70 bottles are not incredible. Great. Yeah. But that's a different category. Like mm -hmm. so, the fifteen to twenty-five is where you're finding just some really incredible values. I love that, and I love. Thank you guys so much for coming and explaining a little bit more into your business. And I know it's just the two of you, so I know you're probably yeah. busy for the rest of the <laughs> yeah. day planning yeah, events. We kept you long enough. I we think. kept you. But I one quick thing. So for people who want to see more of your products in stores, in restaurants they go to, what's the best way to do it? So a couple of things. First of all, follow us, follow us on social because that's yeah, the I love your Instagram. Thanks. You're that's awesome. Nelly's handling that all. It's now, great. So she's doing a I good love job it. Yeah. So yeah, follow us at, at Brands of Portugal um, yep. either on Facebook or uh, Instagram. Um, so that's how you can find out what was, what's happening. Yep. As far as in stores, if you don't see our products or oh, if you find our products on our Instagram page and you want to ask for it in stores, you don't see it, definitely asking for it there. Yep helps us get placements. So that's cool. huge for us. So okay. any restaurants or retailers, if you don't see it there, definitely Ask asking is the is the biggest we way for us to We are your best advocate. The listeners, yeah, us, that. we're your best advocate. And do you have a, a like contact us page on your website yeah. for, for a retailer that wants to carry yeah, so, you? Yeah, so yep. they can email and it's just info at Brands of Portugal. Um, but everything's pretty just, you know, easy, easy. To, to get to us. And that, yeah, like the, the wine dinners and stuff, uh, easiest way to know when those are coming, Instagram, Instagram and stuff? Yeah, Instagram, Instagram social. We always post a lot on social channels. Obviously, social alg algorithms are not the easiest right now. If you pop at uh, brandsportugal.com, we always send yeah, out. Yeah, your um, calendar is very helpful. Thanks. I saw your calendar when I was looking, doing research, and I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, I so, saw a little picture of Mario Hilario, and I was like, yeah. what is happening there? Yeah, well, that's Thursday, actually. <laughs> oh, I love uh, it. A special yeah. Olympics event with him. But, oh, um, cool. Yeah, so we, we always update our calendar, still like current events. But yeah, beyond that, on the website itself, you can sign up for our newsletter, so we'll email you anytime oh, something's happening. signing up.
Yeah. You'll have a new email on there oh, today. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for coming. We really appreciate it. And I'm so excited to try your wine, to learn more about Portuguese wine. Like I said, I'm Portuguese, but we growing up, we didn't have like a huge tie to our Portuguese culture. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's fun, like going to Aquadent, like going to restaurants like that and, and seeing this. It makes me excited because I get to learn more about it. And I love yeah. that. Nice one. So and thanks, I'm not guys. Portuguese, but I love wine. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So you we have something in common. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have something in common. Um, but thank you guys so much. And we're so excited to see what the next few months and years hold for you guys in thanks. Brands of Portugal. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. So thank you.